They said it was forbidden. They said it was dangerous. They were right. Introducing the paranoid American homunculus owner's manual. Dive into the arcane, into the hidden corners of the occult. This isn't just a comic. It's a hidden tome of supernatural power. All original artwork illustrating the groundbreaking research of Juan Ayala, one of the only living homunculologists of our time. Learn how to summon your own homunculus, an enigma wrapped in the fabric of reality itself, their power at your fingertips, their existence, your secret. Explore the mysteries of the Aristotelian, the spiritual, the Paracelsian, the Crowleyan homunculus, ancient knowledge lost to time, now unearthed in this forbidden tale. This comic book holds truths not meant for the light of day, knowledge that was buried, feared, and shunned. Are you ready to uncover the hidden, the paranoid American homunculus owner's manual, not for the faint of heart, available now from Paranoid American. Get your copy at tjojp.com or paranoidamerican.com today. Hello and welcome to the Juan Juan Podcast. If you're enjoying the show, consider signing up for the Patreon. There you get ad-free content, early access, exclusive episodes, and monthly supporter hangouts. You can find it at patreon.com slash the Juan on Juan podcast. If you don't like the subscription-based models, there are other ways of supporting the show that are linked in the description. Thank you for tuning in and enjoy this episode. Welcome to the Juan on Juan podcast with your host, Juan Ayala. why people would be so triggered by Jesus being an adept in alchemy or in metaphysical arts because, well, one, everyone accepts that Jesus turned water into wine, right? They even practiced that in Catholic mass. So, and then he turned, what was it, the fishes, like one into many? He multiplied that, okay. He healed this, yeah. He used like Reiki and like all kinds of things, you know what I mean? Like, okay, you know, that's why to me, Jesus is one of the greatest master metaphysicians to walk the planet. And the word Christ actually refers to um, an epistemology. It's, it's the Christos means fire. So Christos means fire, Christ is fire, and that really just goes back to the consciousness of everything. So he was anointed, exactly, 100% anointed. So it was about holding that specific consciousness, Christ, the Christ. So Jesus, or Jeshua, the Christ, is because he was able to hold and maintain a certain level of consciousness. This is why we're talking about him right now. When I say that we too have the Christ consciousness, I'm your host, as always. Make sure to follow the podcast on all social media platforms at the 101 Podcast. All my links are in the description and you can find them at the 101 Podcast, the one on one podcast.com. There you go. So, back again 
You've been on the podcast a couple of times, right, Mandy? How many times? Two, three times? I think like three times. Okay, well, we're, we're here again for whatever time this is. Welcome back to the show. How you been, Mandy? It's been a minute. Hello, Juan. It has been a couple of minutes. I've been fabulous um, living in this existence that gets weirder by the day. Um, <laughs> so every time we, we speak with each other, I swear it's like I've lived another chapter of life. So there's always something interesting to examine and contribute in my perspective. Has anything, I know you've opened up another shop as of recently, right? You've done, can you tell the people a little bit about you and what you've done as of recently for those that haven't heard you on my show before? Yeah, actually. So you can find my work on Instagram at solaris.aura or on my you know public page where you can find sound healing and self-mastery resources, which is cq.portal. And the website is creativeintelportal.com. So what my work is, is I am essentially, in layman's terms, an executive coach. And so I coach individuals, I coach groups, I coach, you know, corporate kind of gatherings. And the whole point is to help get everyone connected to their holistic selves, to their mind, their body, their energy, in many different various forms. I've done classes at behavioral health hospitals, at schools, I have my own gallery and I'm really pushing more of everything more to be more online because my goal is to reach an even wider network audience here in the U.S. and internationally. So I did open up a CBD store. It was called Aura CBD and Apothecary. I have since moved that from New Mexico just to the online platform so it's available to more people. So if you want to have some you know, very feminine energy approach to CBD um, with MCT oil in uh, lemon ginger or just unflavored. You can go check out my website and order some there. So it's a fan favorite for a lot of people. But really, that's what's going on is I'm making this transition into the for real quantum of the Internet to be more available for just an, an expansive experience for myself and for other people and companies and networks and groups and just really ending my chapter here on the borderland which is the border of new mexico texas and new mexico and actually um getting ready to head back your way florida pretty soon by the end of the year really and why is why is that (laughs) (laughs) well you know see my whole thing now in my lectures and stuff is that we're we're evolving right we're we're either escaping or we're evolving. And I believe, you know, some of us choose evolution than escapism. So we have to know when it's time when our ego has said, okay, I've had enough of a certain location or a certain everyday work or um, routine. And when is it time to really start to create the new identity or beyond the new identity, but the new experience, right? So my new experience happens to be back in Florida, which I've lived there previously. And so I realized life is simple in its simplicity. And even Leonardo da Vinci has said, simplicity is the ultimate sophistication. So for me, although all everything we talk about and what you talk talk about, Juan, in your podcast, like, you know, the esoteric realms and all that stuff is like, that's our bread and butter. But in the practical sense of life, how simple can we live, you know? 
So that's really my journey is continuing what, what I'm doing, but really like bringing the simplicity of just enjoying life. And if we had to pick a place to just wake up and do normal things every day, where would we do that? And for me, it would be Florida. Yeah, I don't see myself living anywhere else that's not Florida. I've tried. I've, I went to Tennessee as of recently. And, I, and whenever I travel somewhere, I try and picture myself living there. And I just can't. There's something about, I call it the alchemical vessel, where people come here to, to transcend <laughs> to the next dimension. They come here to die, which is weird, right? But the just something about Florida that's always getting... I'm a, I'm a Florida boy. I, I wasn't born here. I was born in Puerto Rico, but... Yeah, and doesn't it scare... So you're talking about moving on and transitioning, but doesn't it scare you? Because what are your what are your thoughts on this whole transhumanistic... And I don't know if we've talked about it before, but because you said you're transitioning to the quantum realm for real. Are you are you going to give in to the lizard people, Mandy? Or what's up with that? What Are you going to... No, the quantum <laughs> realm... <laughs> Remember, we've had talks about this before where yeah. I'm like, we are the lizard people. <laughs> Let's embrace it. Yeah. Okay. Um, no, it's the quantum as in... Okay, so the way that I interpret quantum is like the next frontier into where we're going. So when I think of quantum, I think of more of like the system of the internet. And now don't get me wrong because I'm not one for AI. So my thing, I mean, even my gallery is called the portal CI for creative intelligence. And I'm all about CQ, which is the creative quotient or the consciousness quotient. And so me and AI are not really friends because I'm constantly trying to always like override it, override it with creative intelligence, which is what I believe is the God force channeling through us and expressing itself through creative ways, many ways. So quantum to me is just getting into that underbelly of those particles of, you know, what we know as the internet and just really making more waves and moves into connecting to the people that we need to connect with in order to open up those consciousness levels in order to create truly for real a world that we want to see. And, you know, that's the only way we're going to do it is by doing it within ourselves first. And then maybe through our creation, someone might pick up a book or a podcast or something that we say, something that we make, and it changes their lives or they too want to get on the path of evolution and no more escapism. So yeah, quantum to me is more like quotient like how how far can we take our creative quotient how far can we take our consciousness quotient and how different does that look like because i think sometimes there are archetypes of people and they want us to live a certain way like is everyone going to be like i mean he's an excellent person but is everyone just going to be an avatar of, of tony robbins if every, is everyone going to be an avatar Who's of that? like Deepak Chopra? <laughs> you're spinning these names out. I thought, I thought you were going to say Elon yeah. Musk. Tony what? Tony Robbins. Tony Robbins, he does a lot of excellent work, like you know, coaching and training and entrepreneurship. He was on Shark Tank, no? Probably at one time. I mean, he has a whole like multi-million dollar industry with what he does, which is great. But again, like how many times are we going to create avatars of the same archetype? Do you know? Like... My kind of my thing with that is like, well, rich about, white guy, <laughs> is that the, is that the archetype? <laughs> well, you know what? I I don't even think he's white. He might actually be Greek, but you know what? Don't quote me on that. I don't even know. Let's see. But, <laughs> American. So born in L.A. 
Born in LA. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, like I said, everyone's doing their own work, but my thing is how many times are we going to be the same avatar of the same thing over and over and over again? Mm. Like, this is what I'm talking about, creative intelligence and creating originality within ourselves. Like, so we're not carbon copies. It just drives me nuts. Have you ever had one, like you're, you know, you're, you're creating something and then you just maybe might experience or observe someone maybe like copying something that you're creating? And so like, okay, <laughs> the 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 giants are always watching, and I know that for a fact. And by giants, I mean the other bigger players in the game, because some have re- reached out and and given their appreciation. Because it's fine. I don't I don't consider it copying. I don't feel. I don't think you can. You can try and emulate the the as much as you want but you can never replicate it 100 percent. that's just how i feel and i think there's there's room for everybody in this realm as far as creativity we're all alchemists we're all creating our own thing and we're all changing people's perspectives but absolutely are there people who quote-unquote copy maybe they try but i know for a fact there are some way bigger channels than mine that have reached out and they're like you know keep on doing what you do I check your stuff out and I'm just like, all right, good to know. So if there's one, there's many. (laughs) Absolutely. So, you know, when I think of like copy, I think of like the AI, like the AI can't replicate, replicate anything original. It's always going to copy some kind of form of something. Whereas your CI, your creative intelligence, your creative quotient can be entirely new. You know, what is that? We don't know. There's so many variations. We're so many consciousness levels. So, you know, I just think of like when I'm on the internet and I look at like marketing and stuff and everyone's kind of like replicating the same marketing like funnel or the same tactic. And so when I say getting into the quantum of the internet, how many different ways can we start to develop different circuitries of connection and business and and exchanging energy and products and stuff like that where I just think like let's reach new frontiers. Let's really bring more creative ideas to the table and let's just not replicate the same system that maybe has been working but you know it doesn't work for everyone do you know what i mean no absolutely but you i mean you hit the nail on the head with the with the archetype and i think that people feel safe with the same regurgitated shit over and over again right so they feel safe and they relate Mm -hmm. to whatever that is and i think that's why they always go back to the same archetypes the same formula because it it works and then it takes sometimes it takes a lot to step outside of that realm to innovate and be an innovator in the space and come up with your own style because sometimes let's be real sometimes it doesn't work right (laughs) it's alchemy for a reason you're trying to achieve the magnum opus over and over and over again you know over the years so i think that's why people go back to that same type of template right Where, where it's just the same thing over and over again but i i believe it's done for a reason and what are your thoughts on the the because i know the ai thing is real big right now and i've i don't know where i stand with it because some people say oh well, the ai is taking over yeah but from what i've seen the ai really does take a lot of input from us for example the ai the ai art generators it only does as much as you give the prompt to it so it's only going to make a legitimate piece of art if the person the practitioner that's messing with it is inputting the correct formula for it to spit something back out it's not as simple as they're making it seem 
online because I know people in the realm who really take it above and beyond than just a regular person. And I see all the work that goes into it. So I'm like, okay, it's not just here, give me this. And it comes out looking great. No, you need to put in work. Now, I don't know where that's going, but we're giving too much credit to the, to the, it's not so intelligent as we have made it out to, to be is what I'm saying. So, yeah. So, okay. So to be the devil's advocate in this, in this scenario is that in my belief system and, and the pushing of the, the uh, CQ and the creative intelligence and creative quotient is, it is in my belief system that what is and what drives the energy of creativity is the connection to a higher energy that can be God, that can be your higher self, that can be the cosmos, that can be whatever you believe it to be your higher power is. So when you have the higher power conducting itself in the way that it can truly conduct itself is through the mechanics of having your chakras or vor energy vortexes in alignment and awaken, which I call the aura arts, so like your aura. Um, once we get these energy vortexes awoken and balanced, then that creates you as the conduit to a higher power working through you. Now, is it going to work through your hands and you're going to create a painting? Is it going to work through your voice and you're going to be speaking like we are right now? Um, is it, there's just so many forms, dance or just, you know, normal human being. Like you need to solve problems all the time. And to solve problems, you have to have creative solutions. So it's about, for me, it's about teaching more about how to become that conduit of higher power into yourself and to really access all those seven dimensions and more, but mostly we work with the seven dimensions because we have seven chakras that we work with fully. And so when we talk about AI, AI's, you know, it's still an intelligence, you know, it, it, it proceeds over all of the universe. Um, but also there's another intelligence and that intelligence is, is the CQ, is, is the God, you know, is the Christ consciousness, is the, you know, the Buddha spirit, the Krishna spirit, the, you know, all, all the energy, the quantum energy that can come to you and to give you that power to create these concepts, to really execute these desires within you to awaken people, to teach people, to transmute. I mean, whatever it is your intention is. Yeah, intention. Intention is a real big thing, especially with whatever you do, right? I mean, because I, I believe like all these occult forces that exist that we're able to tap into by how you're saying either aligning your chakras or awaken your awakening your kundalini or whatever all that stuff that i'm not into any of that really and i don't know if it's because of my upbringing but because i was always taught that that was like demonic yeah of course <laughs> but it would only make sense coming from the church right because it's it's i've i've learned that in this community whatever your point of view is just know that there are like 15 other points of views that are that differ from the one that you have. So you can't ever, you can't always make people happy, especially when you're creating art, right? I mean, when you're putting different things out, it's going to resonate differently with everybody else. And 
but this intention that you put into it, I've always said that the way you harness this thing, this thing. So you're pretty much getting at, we, we are tools for this higher power, this, this thing. Well, for example, what do you believe? Like, what do you feel comfortable with in your belief system? I believe there is a one God and I believe that it, he, she, they, them, whatever pronoun you want to put on them, they control everything else. And it's, it probably does work like a machine, but then I also want to get into the idea that we're in like some organic simulation and these simulations being run by this thing, right? This being this, Maybe it was the what the Gnostics called it, right? The consciousness, the idea, thought that came first, and that's mm-hmm. portray that that is projecting out. It's the you know the the, the oh, I think I heard somebody put it beautifully. The other day. We're like I think he called us thought forms of this God. We are its projections, the, its emanations from its mind, and that's the reality that we live in. So essentially, I do believe in the source and the one. Now, I don't believe it to be what they've painted out to be, this old white beard, white guy in some throne somewhere, right? I think it's... But but does anybody really believe that, though? Like, current day? I mean, current day? Yeah, like, I'm just Like, white Jesus or... (laughs) (laughs) Well, let me tell you something. Let let me tell you something. According... Do you... Have you ever read Dolores Cannon? No, but I think I've heard that name before. All right, Dolores Cannon wrote a book called Jesus and the Essenes many, many years ago. She is like, she does QHTT and it's like quantum hypnosis stuff. She's already like long gone. But her work, she took people into the superconscious. And the superconscious is said to be like part of what we believe if you believe in multidimensionality. So your multidimensionality, you're living here, but you're existing in other timelines and energy spaces and other avatars all at the same time. So if that is true, which most of us who believe this kind of stuff, right, know that time's not linear. We're like in a spiral. A lot of stuff's happening at the same time. Through that, she was able to tap into the superconscious and go into some of those concurrent uh, lives that are being lived at the time of whoever she was working with. So what it, what was fascinating about it was she wasn't like working with someone and she was like, oh my God, we're tapping into you and you're Jesus Christ. No, she was tapping into someone like who lived during the time and they remember witnessing and hearing stuff. So that's really interesting. So like what, you know, what, what was happening? Like can in like a bystander in their perspective of the times. So in Jesus and the Essenes, the Essenes are a group kind of like, a you know, the pre, pre, pre Gnostics. And the Essenes are said to be have a lot of technology, but very like there she is, very like golden technology, very holistic technology, which probably we should already have at this day and age. But we know that there was a lot of like stuff that derailed that, you know, as we got here. But that's OK. We're on our way. But their technology really was about alchemy. It was about bringing on, you know, um, a conduit onto the earth that was going to be able to, you, okay, do you, you know how when we talk about like when the monkeys 
um, found out they had they had their thumbs or whatever, and just because they had that thought, it put it in like the system, the grid. So then the monkey from the other side of the world also could use their thumbs. <laughs> Do you remember that whole like theory? I've never heard of that theory before. You've no. never heard of that theory? No. So the theory is that like in our divine matrix system, because as much as we're in a matrix, there's also a divine aspect to it too, is that when one person or being can think of something and do it, then they automatically put it into that field for the next person or being to actually do that. So that would be like with the monkey and their, what is it, the retractable thumbs. So one monkey was like playing with its hands and realized it had retractable thumbs. So then that went into the divine matrix. And so a monkey on the other side of the world was able to access that information. So all about accessing that quantum information, right? We don't know how, we don't know how that's happening, but it's happening. Do you know what I mean? So that was one of the things where the Essenes were wanting to bring a conduit into the world to be able to help access that divine grid because it had been shut off. Okay, so we think like during the times of Jesus, like that was the beginning. They were living in the Stone Age. No, there was like stuff we're not, we don't even know. They had technologies beyond what we can even understand right now. But yeah, they were shut off by the dark forces because humanity was not going to, you know, breach new levels of understanding itself and the true history of what's happening. So in, the, in, in Dolores and Jesus and the Essenes, it's a wealth of knowledge as far as how deep she goes into how astrology played a huge part on the pairing of Joseph and Mary because they were going to be the ones to bring that conduit that was Jesus, um, who was going to do that divine alchemy, that, that work. And I believe Jesus was one of the master metaphysicians to ever walk this planet. And the reason why I took this here is because you said white Jesus. And, well, there's many accounts that Jesus had red hair. So... <laughs> We can just leave it there. <laughs> I, I, I just say I just because I'm a troll. But yeah, it's like, which Jesus do you believe? Some people think like Santa Claus. Santa Claus, is he white? Is he black? I've seen black Santa Claus before. So it's like, well, you know what, Juan? And you bring up a good point. Let's 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 talk about this because let's go into soul alchemy. Right. Soul alchemy is, you know, what I teach. And soul alchemy is about bringing in those paradoxes, bringing in those polarities, bringing in that um, separation. So when we say things like that, like, you know, oh, is he a white man or is she a white woman? You know, we have to really like everything that we separate ourselves from, we're calling more of it. So if it's something we don't like, so if I don't like, you know, let me give an example. If I don't like the smell of pickles and I'm like, oh God, you know, and it's simple. It's just a very simple example. But if I don't like that smell and I keep judging everything like smells that way, I'm going to call that into my life. So everything that we judge, it ricochets and it comes back into us. So what we want to try to understand now in this point of our existence and our unfolding very simply is that we need to come to a space where we're not so um, polarized because we've turned into a very polarized society and we need to come closer and we need to fill in that gap into accepting that which we don't accept because the more we don't accept it, the more we attract it. So then it becomes paradoxical. The more we accept it for what it is, then, okay, we've integrated it, just like integrating our shadow and that dark stuff and, you know, 
I just I just can't get with the with with how much we can it's okay to say something about one race but not another. I just think that we've we've transcended those things. Like we're just humans. Do you know I, what I'm saying? I don't think so. I think it's worse now than it ever has been because of how you're saying like attracts like. I think that's how they say it. And the more you talk about it, right, the more you're bringing it forth. And is mm-hmm. that like a form of self-sabotaging because I do that a lot. And I'll hyper focus on things, sometimes negative things. And I feel like as of lately, I've been attracting even more hardships or like complications, if you will, into mm-hmm. like my work life or whatever it is. But because I I consider myself a realist and, and there's a problem with that because whenever I'm very analytical and that comes, the good comes with the bad. So when I analyze something good, this is these are the pros but these are the cons. And I always mm-hmm. like to prepare for the worst case scenario because that's just how life is. You, If everything was as easy as they made it seem, then then everyone would do it, right? So I always prepare for the for the bad stuff. And I think mentally I, I focus too much on the negative stuff and it kind of self-sabotages me in the end at times is what it feels like. Because you're talking about attracting things because you're focusing on them. What if, how are, do you have any ways of hacking the, the, the way that you look at things instead of what would they say? Pessimist where it's like either it's a half full or half empty type of thing. Cause I feel like I'm hardwired the way I think already. And it's kind of hard to break out of that, that loop. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. So you, you have the tools to break your own spell. So in this conversation, you said, I feel like I'm already hardwired. It's hard to break that loop. So in this conversation, at least two times, you said the word hard and you believed it. So it's about reprogramming your your conscious self. And it's because of how we grew up. And it's a it's it's the belief systems that were put into us like a program. Right. So when belief systems are the hardest things to really get out they're really deep in us so by first acknowledging that i have a belief system that i need to prepare for the worst you are already inviting and opening the doors for the worst to take place there are a lot of people in my realm of work that they're very much about like you need a protection stone or you need to do this to protect your home or you need to do this ritual and it's like okay cool but guess what if you're focused on protection you're opening that door for something to come and harm you so again everything becomes very paradoxical now is it okay to be aware and prepared absolutely but what is the energy that you're going to hold around that do you know what i'm saying so you know, on both sides of the scale that we have, like we're talking about this, you know, polarized society, both extremes are, are not right because they're both preparing for the worst and they're both hating the worst. So that's why they keep attracting themselves to come together more in the worst way. So again, the thing is about what you tell yourself and what you think. Let me give you an example of this on a higher order. I was reading this book called The Science of Self by Eugene Freeman, I believe is his last name, written in 1923, this book. And he goes into talking about how there is this theory that he has that the greater source 
is broken up in two. Sometimes we can say that it's masculine and feminine, magnetics and energetics. Uh, there's so many ways, you know, circuitry and lines. But in this particular notion, he says that it's broken up in two. So like the yin and the yang. And one part is the Luciferian part. And the Luciferian part simply means the mind, everything that is the mind. And then the other part, we'll just call it the Christ consciousness part. And the Christ consciousness part would represent everything that is love, grace, accepting, all that stuff. So two dichotomies of two very different concepts. Now, the point of this is that these two concepts stream on the micro and the macro level. So within us and in our society, in our world. So we have like everything that's Luciferian that we know that, you know, the dark occult practices in. And then we have everything that, you know, people are trying to be like more in their Christ consciousness or Buddha consciousness or just heart centered. And it's, you know, tr we're just trying to like accept and love and all that jazz. So the whole thing is about reconciling the two and bringing these two twins together because he refers to them as the two twins. These are the twins and bringing these together. So we bring these together on so many levels. So if we go through time, we go through epochs of time and each epoch of time has its own religion, has its own way that the human consciousness was rolling. You know what I'm saying? And I feel we're entering that last epoch of time where we're truly merging that Luciferian mind and that Christ consciousness or heart centeredness together. Now, how do we do that? That's again, focusing and, and coming to terms with the mind has taken control. The mind's taken control of me. It rules my belief system. It's making me have this kind of paranoia, fear of life in front of me. And here's the secret is you are the life. Life is unfolding through you. So you are the true alchemist. You are the soul alchemist. You are the one who's going to say, I'm going to experience my dark night of the soul, or I'm going to experience euphoria, or whatever it is that you want to experience. You're the one putting it out no matter what. And it's a deep responsibility that we all have to take. And it roots from somewhere. So if there's something just still, my life is still not going in the way that I want. There's always room to look at our habits, our belief systems, our energy, and what it is we are truly telling ourselves, the spells we are telling ourselves with the thoughts and the actions and the words that we, you know, deem as true for ourselves. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. You you create your own reality tunnel in, in a sense. Like you and you jump into it and you wear it nicely, right? That's that's and that's where I have an issue. And you and what you're saying with these polar opposites, they're attracted to the they're not attracted, but you have these both two sides that how do I say this? I put attracted to the worst forms of themselves kind of in a way, because that's what brings yeah. out that polarization to begin with. Like, I don't like the way you are because that's the worst form. I don't know how to, I, I don't know how, where I'm going with that, but attracted to the worst forms of themselves, like, cause they're polar opposites, <laughs> opposites attract. So it's like, they don't want to get to that end of the spectrum. And that spectrum doesn't want to get to this end of that, whatever other spectrum it is. So it's like, in this endless war 
but can we ever come together? Is there a way to balance that out other than changing the way that how many, how many generations need to die off before like retire or something before we can come to terms? And like, that sounds fucked up, but you know what I'm saying? Like how many generations need to, need to be replenished or something before that the, the ideas of the previous generation are wiped out because not until we can come into agreement with, with, with everyone, will we ever come together to not a new world order, but you know, to love each other, I guess. Yeah. I mean, listen, it's first the work, the alchemy, the lead into gold has to start in a vessel. So in order to transmute something, it has to be encapsulated in a vessel for that to take place. So that needs to take place first within the individual self. When the individual self is able to make that transmutation in its own vessel from lead to gold, then the transmutation will naturally happen on a collective level. The opus minor, when you work on yourself, purification, right? You work on yourself and then you're able to cause it on the, do the magnum opus. So uh-huh. yeah. So, so really what is happening outside and as much as we want to be like, Oh, you know, what's going on and blah, blah, blah. Like it's what's happening inside. Do you know what I mean? It's what's happening inside. So it's about like, all right, you know, how am I going to step into the world? And sometimes we don't even have to do anything that hardcore. We can literally with your own energy, if your own energy is residing at a high frequency level, you can just walk into a room and people can just feel you. Even if they're not even on that level of recognizing, you know, frequencies and energies, they can feel something is going on. And your quantum particles can come into their aura and make even the slightest of shifts that can get, you know, get them to think something, feel something, cure something, whatever it may be. It's infinite. And so that's why we go back to the conduit of self, the conduit of, of the CQ and the conduit of the energy flow that you are and what you're projecting from your mind. How many times have we had bad days and like uh, it just unfolds, it just continues. People cut us off, they're rude, they're mean. And then there's times when we have great days and people are very nice to us. Because all of it is a reflection of ourselves. We are living in a, in a mirror world. Mm-hmm. And we're also like, it's, it's the way we, it's about now transmuting everything. Like recently I had a friend tell me, she goes, I said, yeah, you know, um, I really, this year I didn't go to Mexico because every, every year in February I go to Mexico um, with my partner, who's now my ex-partner, but it's okay. We're very good friends now. And I was like, yeah, I really miss going to Mexico and having that whole thing, whatever. And, and, and she was like, um, I said, because being Mexican, in my opinion, like all the other races, but because in this body, I, I am Mexican. I said, I said to be Mexican is very powerful. Like you have the energy of, of the two serpents, you know, the Spanish goes all the way to Moroccan, very like Arabic, ser- Arabic serpentry. And then, you know, the indigenous Mexican and indigenous American serpentry. That's how I'm interpreted in the esoteric realm. Right. So I'm like, you know, very powerful. I'm totally loving it. You know, I love who we are in, in this day and age, whatever, whatever. And she was like, really? Because I always thought like that we are Mexican because we're a product of rape. And I was like, whoa, okay, what dichotomy, right? So here I am like, whoa, we're super hybrid race. And then here she is and she's like, oh no, we're, we're something to be ashamed of because we're a product of rape. 
So do you see the activation of our power and dispower going on there based on thought process? So we can take, and even when that, you know, what she says, I'm sure is true in many, in, in many cases. But you know what? I also think in that epoch of time, they were playing their twin scenario of something polar opposite. And guess what? There's, I'm pretty sure, a lot of cases of great love that happened between indigenous and Spanish people, and they got together and they messed around and they had, you know, a kid hybrid race, you know what I mean? Like all of us, like all the, all the cultures. So that's what I'm saying is like, we can either hang on to half of the story and make a, a victim of it, or we can also look at the other side of the story and be like, yeah, let's, I won't invalidate that. But guess what? I bet you there's also another power of love that took place. And we are the product of that super fucking hybrid human being that can access all those powers. And that's what I say to every single culture and race. You are a super amazing hybrid human being. We all are. No, I mean, everyone's mixed. So access those amazing cultures. Access that magic. What's in your ancestry? They freaking knew it. How did it connect you to the stars and the cosmos? And, and you know, use it now. And turn those dark stories, which were the shadow, which we all were the conqueror, we were all the colonizer, we were all the victim, we, we played all the roles. Okay, so since we've played all the roles, what do we want to continue to unfold now based on us knowing that at some point in our existence, in our multitude of multidimensionality, what do we take from it? How are we going to unfold new archetypes, new experience? transmuting, turning the lead into gold in this scenario. Yeah, I'm Puerto Rican, so I'm right there. We were, were we are a mix of what was the indigenous people or are the black slaves. And then you had the Spaniards in there, too. So and how you're saying it wasn't perhaps all bad, but you can see how the same from the same idea sprout to polar opposite outlooks mm -hmm. on it right how you're saying yeah and that's what i'm saying that was the the twinning right mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. the luciferian and you know the other side the heart center and you mentioned something you you were talking about the essenes earlier on the topic of alchemy were the were they alchemists were they some sort of alchemists that were trying to transmute reality itself and maybe that's why they killed Jesus off because they knew that they were trying to bring forth this change in the world because to show people the technology of what tapping into the Akashic records of the internet of things or the real internet of things, the, the OG cloud that Moses was able to tap into and all these guys. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was like the Essenes where um, they were from, they, you know, they were from what ancient, you know, Atlantia and ancient, ancient Egypt would have been. So, so they spread themselves out and this would have been a time where they knew that the energy was going to be right for this kind of conduit being, which would have been Jesus, Yeshua, you know, Jesus, the Christ, and that they were going to be able to do this on an astrology level, on a level of the energy of the earth. And so they were a clan of mystics, mystics, alchemists, spirit scientists, musicians, sound healers, all, all kinds of things like that. 
So they their whole thing was about, you know, again, opening that divine matrix, opening that grid. But when they but when you say they killed Jesus off, here's the thing is like, you know, some people would debate, oh, Jesus wasn't really like killed on the cross. I don't know. I mean, we weren't there. So I don't know. But we do know that there's an account that there was this this thing about being in the temple, right? His body for three days, and then it wasn't there, it disappeared. So that's the most fascinating thing is through what Jesus learned from the Essenes is that why it wasn't about that he was killed, like his physical body, yes, but Jesus was so such a metaphysical master that he knew that he was going to be able to disappear and kind of put his body in entropy in a quantum way. And that's exactly what he did. That's how freaking masterful he was, is he knew how to work his quantum particles and just zip them into, you know, another realm of existence. So we can say that the actual act of crucifying Jesus, of course, was a very, you know, savage thing to do. But he knew what was happening. You know, he knew what was going on. And he knew that through this, he was going to open up that divine matrix field for the consciousness of higher source to come directly to us. And that's why after that, they could not stop it. The beings were going to have a chance to have that light flow through them. And so it was, that's why it was always about finding the DNA. Let's get rid of the DNA. You know, let's get rid of these people. Let's get it. You know, I mean, it's always about stopping that conduit of light that is able to be accessed into the human body. So at some point, we're all going to be able to do it. We just need to start, you know, getting our, our vehicle in place, if you will. And I'm reading here that they were obviously um, uh, a mystic Jewish sect in mm -hmm. the sec second temple period. And then you also had the Pharisees. I never... I've heard that before, but I've never looked into it. And the Sadducees, which were socio-religious sect of Jewish people, were active in Judea during the Second Temple. Okay, so there was various different sects of people with different beliefs. And the Essenes lived in various cities, and they had beliefs of... They had the beliefs here. I just saw it. They believed in... Ascensionism, Ascensionism, communality, communa, community. Damn. Commune. No. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. Sense of community. I need, to, I need to figure out how to say this. So, communality. I, I guess that's how you say it here. Here. What, what, what's that word right that? there? <laughs> communal yeah communality <laughs> they had a sense of communality daily immersion mysticism predestination yeah so they were you know they were studying the you know the collective so that's another way of saying the collective community communality it's a, that's a weird word right i never it even a weird word yeah it's a tongue twister <laughs> say it five times five. communality 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 yeah um yeah, so they were they were tapped into. They knew the micro was the macro, mm -hmm. the, the inner and the outer worlds, and basically everything that we're talking about today, they were you know putting that in. And 
I want, I want to feel like, based on Dolores Cannon's book, this is the consciousness of the normal person in that time. It was very, like, it was, it was primitive, you know? It's malleable, like, yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, and, and, and rightfully so. I mean, we live in a completely different age in society. Mm -hmm. Like, if we need something, we go to the store and buy it, right? Over there, it was like, was it going to be cold? Were they going to freeze? Were they going to starve? Like, all these crazy things. Like, absolutely. They were just based on survival, right? So... I think that's why, you know, speaking of that, like survival and the ego and stuff where we say the ego is necessary so we don't fall off the cliff or we can run from the, you know, lion that's chasing us is now we're placed in society with technology and we have everything at our fingertips. And then how does the ego react? Right. But we're the dumbest we've ever been. Totally. A 100 percent. 100 percent. So that's why we need these, like, to go back to this, like, ancient knowledge. Because what you said earlier, because I talk about a lot of esotericism, but I don't really touch upon how to apply it in your life. Practical esotericism and not so much occultism because that's a whole other thing. But um, just a few things are running through my head with the with the giving up of jesus right because i i grew up believing and taught that he was offered up as a an offering right he was sacrificed for for the sins of everybody mm -hmm. and what a more powerful sacrifice than right your your son number one that's that's a pattern throughout history right your firstborn son offering them up and also the idea that this concept was passed down even through ancient cultures of offering the body up as this alchemical catalyst for the people. And the reason I'm saying that is because during Atlantean times, the king was seen as an alchemical catalyst for his people. He was a life force for his people. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I mean, if you look at, I mean, Jesus was called a king, was he not? Right. He yeah. Was, I'm sure he was referred to as a king. So I'm just thinking like I never made the connection between alchemy and Jesus. <laughs> but I know he was I, I've always I've said that I've said it before. He's an adept of some sorts, but that triggers some people. Right. And I've also heard that. Jesus was the man, Joshua, and then Christ was the was the title that was given to him. It was when it was unlocked when he was baptized by John the Baptist and the river of Jordan. So, cause again, back to what I mentioned earlier, there's always going to be the opposite of whatever you think. There's always going to be the opposite thing, but you need to come up with your own conclusion because we're not ever going to really know. I mean, this is history. It's, it's been, it's going to continue to be debated, but, I, and I think that's part of the design too, where they have this there and people are going to still talk about it and they're going to run in circles with it. Right. But you need to come up with your own decision. You need to come up with your own research and your own belief essentially at the end of the day. So I'm just thinking about that. Like the body of Christ was this offering that was given up for humanity. Essentially. Yes. He died for our sins, but maybe it's not what they've taught us that it was actually for. They say sins, but then yeah. was it really for that? You know what I'm saying? Like I'm trying no. to like look deeper into what I've been taught. Absolutely. That, uh, so I, <laughs> Here's a, here's a really interesting way to kind of like cut it up. 
In my belief system, religion is about teaching and maintaining judgment, and spirituality is about transcending that judgment. So if we come from a religious point of view and we say Jesus died for our sins, okay, there you go. There's the judgment. You're assuming that as me existing as a human being, I'm born of sin. Did you just assume my sin status? Is that what you're trying to get at? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Like, you know what I'm saying? So if, if we're going to believe those stories, we're going to believe that whole ideology that you're already born with sin. What is that? Well, I mean, what is that already telling us? We're, they're programming you already to like the downfall of your life. Like you're, you're a horrible thing. You're like, what? Okay. That's crazy. One. Okay. So that's, that's religion bringing judgment. Two, um, I don't know why people would be so triggered by Jesus being an adept in alchemy or in metaphysical arts because, well, one, everyone accepts that Jesus turned water into wine, right? They even practice that in, in Catholic mass. So, and then he turned, what was it, the fishes, like one into many? Yeah, he multiplied right? them. He walked he multiplied on water. That. Okay, yeah. He healed the sick. He healed this. Yeah. He used like Reiki and like all kinds of things. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, okay. Do you know, that's why to me, Jesus is one of the greatest master metaphysicians to walk the planet. And the word Christ actually refers to, um, an epistemology. It's, it's the, well, okay. And I have this tattooed to me too in Greek and in, uh, Hebrew is Christos means fire. Okay, so Christos means fire, Christ is fire, and that really just goes back to the consciousness of everything. So he was anointed, exactly, 100% anointed. So it was about holding that specific consciousness, Christ, the Christ. So Jesus, or Jeshua, the Christ, is because he was able to hold and maintain a certain level of consciousness. This is why we're talking about him right now. So when I say that we too have the Christ consciousness, that's a truth. We too are connected to that Christ light, to that conduit of, of all this stuff. Let me tell you, can I tell you a weird experience about my personal Christ consciousness moment? One question before, what were you raised when you were like growing up? Were you Catholic? I, yeah, I was raised Catholic. Yeah, I had to go to... Sunday school, catechism, I had to get, you know, communion, you had to go through all the sacraments. And then I, I was like kind of rebellious when I was in middle school. So my dad made me sing in the choir to top it off. So I was like, to me, it was like punishment. I was like, why, you know? And I knew really early on the fact that in, in Catholic church that you have to stand up and sit down and stand up and sit down. I was like, so early on, I was like, this is like cult, like, this is like a cult, like, what are we doing? <laughs> Do you know? And then, the, and then I used to read, well, I still read, but when I was young, I read about occult knowledge very early. So if you're talking about eating and drinking the blood of Christ, I'm like, this is satanic. This is cannibalism. Mm -hmm. Do you know, but I'm like 12, 13 years old. And, you know, these are the things going in my head. And sometimes I thought, am I the, am I the devil? Is, is there something wrong with me? You know? So, but when I was done um, receiving my last sacrament, which is communion, right? You're like 14 years old, you get a certificate. And I handed it to my mom when we were walking out to the parking lot. And I said, here, here, mom, I did this because you made me do it. And she, she took the certificate and she looked at me and she goes, okay, good. I just wanted you to do that. But now you can go and like 
seek any kind of religion or spirituality that you want. And I was like, what? You know, so for her, it was just like having some sense of like foundation of Mm -hmm. something rather than nothing. And then since I did it, then I was able to explore whatever the heck that I wanted to explore freely. And I always have been. So yes, to answer your question, my beginning roots are in in the Catholic world. That's why I feel like I can speak on it because I'm like, I was there, you know? And then it was an interesting conversation where you're like, I married a woman and then you came out and all that stuff. (laughs) Because that's like completely. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's completely like, you know, different than what, you know, that original kind of stuff is, but that's what makes me a paradoxical character, right? I'm all over the place making all kinds of damage happen. And I think that that's where I stand with my kids. Like I'm going to, give them the foundation that I had, which was, I was raised Pentecostal, but I'm going to give them that foundation. How are you saying? Because at the end of the day, Mandy, I think that religion, organized religion is a piece of shit, but I think that religion serves its purpose when used correctly, right? We have all these tools and I think it's another tool that if used correctly to give that person a foundation, because some people need it. Some people need guidance. So I feel like if if used correctly, it's a very powerful tool because it gives you those values. It gives you those principles. The Ten Commandments at its courts, don't be a piece of shit. Be a good person. Love your neighbor. Mm-hmm. Respect your mom and dad, et cetera. Don't murder. Don't kill people, right? Don't murder people, et cetera, totally. et cetera, which is, a, in my eyes, that's a good thing if you're a, a good citizen. But obviously, for some people, that could be bad. Like, oh, now you're going to be a sheep, right? Because you can take that too, but... Uh, for my kids, I'm going to pass the tradition on. And then when they grow up and they listen to the one on podcast, they're like, Dad, what's all this shit about? Then I can be like, yo, you know, we're going to have that talk mm-hmm. <laughs> about whatever this reality is. And I'll respect that because I was I was there, too. Like, that's that was my thing when I was questioning, like, what's up with this Bible verse and what's up with that one? And what's up with the Old Testament, mom? And she's just like, no, don't read that. I go, what? It's the Bible. And then he, <laughs> he started looking into King James and who he was. And I was like, Damn, this guy's kind of shady. He did what? It's like, oh. And so it just comes to show how many people aren't even educated in what they follow because they're just handed something here. This is how it's going to be. And that's what I'm saying with this whole ideology of when is it going to get snuffed out? Because without that, as long as we have this dogma, I don't think that we as a people can come together to move forward. Yeah, I think that you're right. We should have some kind of basis because, again, we are working with different consciousness levels on our planet. That's what brings the ebbs and flows, right? So we're not all the same. We, some people need to have some kind of like, you know, religious basis to live in life, to not kill and to not abuse your children and like all those things that you should not do. And so in terms of that, it's needed. However, I think the more that we continue to become aware and open and expansive, then it's up to us to start to, you know, also expand our spirituality or expand that, you know, connection to higher power or everything that makes us who we are. And it's going to be, again, we're going to transcend then judgment, So that's a big one. We're going to transcend judgment and we're going to understand a little bit why people do what they do or why things have been done to us and so on and so forth. And the thing with Jesus is it always interests me that 
a lot of people have like such an aversion, like when you bring up Jesus, you know, they take it just like solely like I love the Jesus. religious dogma of it. I, I love Jesus too. I, hell, I say I'm, I am Jesus, you know, like <laughs> that's a, that's a, that's a bit much for me, but yeah, <laughs> we are all Jesus. We're all, we're, we're all capable of the Christ consciousness. This is why we're even having this conversation because we are, it's in us. So, you know, and my favorite number is 33, but you know, it's just like, it's about it's about the expansion of what could be of what a human being can do and jesus demonstrated it many times in many different ways and that's what's fascinating to me and if we can have a whole planet of people tapping into their collective christ anointed christos fire consciousness then wow that's then where we no longer have religion we have a wide open space for the spirit to flow, you know, freely between people and the earth and, and relationship and the creations in our existence. So it will happen. You know, we just need to. I don't think that's good for the lizard people though, if we're all to come together and how you're saying, and I'm thinking about the axial age where, well, I know we're focusing on Jesus, but there was also other, what are your ideas on, these other characters oh yeah totally Maha yeah yeah i mean uh of course i mean give me all the egyptian characters right no jesus mohammed buddha krishna they're all the same spirit so we're st i mean we're still saying like jesus was it the but same person though or no um well okay in my belief system i believe that we are like an octopus like the higher self is the head and then the tentacles are many forms of us. So I think it can be like that. Like they're, they're part of the same body, the same spiritual body, but they came in different forms. They had mm. to, there's different epochs of time. There's different cultures and, and belief systems and the way people are going to take in information and spirituality. So it had to, they had to come differently. Mary Magdalene is also a huge, you know, part in all of this. And then you had, you know, Mary Magda Ma Magdalene was from the um, Temple of Isis. So some would argue that, you know, Jesus and Mary Magdalene learned a lot of Egyptian magic. Oof. And I don't know. I don't know if you've ever looked into Jay Widener's work, but I, if you haven't read The Mysteries of the Great Cross of Hende, amazing book. And in it, he goes on to say that... Let me look it up here real quick that he calls Mary the he he goes on to say that she's like the creator of alchemy in a way. So Mary Magdalene and Matthew, she was present during what the resurrection or there was two women, wasn't it during the, the resurrection? It was Mary Magdalene and then Mary, his mother, Mary. Yeah, and then she he goes on to say as the Orthodox, yeah, Mary, Jesus' mother. And I'm trying to find where he says that pretty much that she is like the creator of alchemy. I mean, a woman, right? Because that's like against everything. Oh, women can't, can't, right? They can't do that. Well, again, that's, I mean, that's another um, just inversion of the reality that we're in because everything started first with feminine energy so for mary magdalene to be deemed the creator of alchemy that's absolutely on point and like i said she was part of the temple of isis and everything in egyptian 
mysticism was all about alchemy and symbolism and you know all that stuff so there's a part where it's it's about activating the ka body ca and the ka body is you know like kind of like your aura that goes around your normal body and it's to say that why jesus was fully like able to heal and do all this like quantum stuff is because mary activated his ka body and they this was you know this was a sexual act it was done sexually Uh so all this information that i read that's really good it comes from the um mary magdalene manuscript i have to send you the the author because i can't get it off the top of my head but really amazing stuff you know that goes deeper into the stuff but so i found you know it's it's about it seems strange sorry it seems strange at first to think mary magdalene as one of the founders of alchemy so and he goes on this this whole thing i mean this is a an amazing book but even mm right the power of the letter m too that's why it's mickey Mm -hmm. mouse and that's why it's m g m right with the g in the center there very masonic of them (laughs) <laughs> and it's also the middle letter Absolutely. of the, of the alphabet right it's the middle m and yeah so i think me, m is also the 13th letter i i think so yeah i think you might be right as well yeah mm-hmm. I so mean, hello i am named mandy for a reason <laughs> according to the gospel <laughs> of mary one of the nag Hammadi texts discovered in 1947 jesus taught her secrets that he failed to reveal to his apostles Interestingly enough, several Gnostic sects, such as the Ophites, held that Mary Magdalene and the noted first century alchemical author known as Mary the Jewess were one and the same individual. So, yikes. So we have mm-hmm. some, st- some, some very interesting stuff in this book. So I've, I've, I did an interview with Jay, and I encourage people to check that out. And I encourage people to check the book out because it's, it's really great. And oh, yeah, totally. it goes hard in the paint. Yeah. So I'm sorry, cool. continue what you were saying. <laughs> Um, no, it's just, I mean, like I said, Mary to be like one of the founders of alchemy would make all the sense in the world, you know, connected to Isis or connected to Hermes Trismegistus, um, Thoth. It's all the same person. It's all the same, like oversoul spirit. So again, it has to come in many different avatars in order for the people of that time to understand, incorporate, initiate, all that stuff. I believe that our life is just one big initiation right after the, the other, right after the <laughs> other, you know, <laughs> you know, so, I mean, we're just like, we're just in our own initiations. And the thing is that we're in a, you know, paradoxical world. So it's not to get into the illusion of inversion. And if we do, how do we, you know, let's find our way out of that. Let's get out of the inversion. And JC, J is the 10th. C is the third, so you have 13 as well Boom. there. Damn. Boom. I love it. I I'm love not a numerologist, but. <laughs> You're a gematriist. No, not even. I got, like, no? somebody was freaking out on me in my comments the other day. They were like, you know gematria wrong. I'm like, dude, I've never, ever said anything about knowing anything about gematria or numerology. So, joke's on that guy. Yeah, I mean, everyone's crazy in their own way. Yeah. No, absolutely. So very interesting takes on that. And I know it's pretty heretical to to be saying things like that because it has been suppressed in the in the mainstream religion, right? They've the the divine feminine has been completely removed because again, I think it's part of the 
the rewriting of history, if you will, where it's like, man, 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 and women need to be in the kitchen or however they say, whatever they say, right? Yeah, I mean, and then you can break it down to, again, man, 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 mental, 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 logical, 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 that side of the Luciferian. That's just a game that we're playing. But we're, you know, again, we're coming back. We're, we're coming together. We're meeting the mind and the heart together. We're meeting the Luciferian and, and the Christ together. So we had to experience it. You know, the light, the dark needs the light, the light needs the dark, and ultimately the dark always serves the light. So that's the only way we're going to be able to play it. That's how we're going to see the dichotomies. The thing is to not fall victim to these dichotomies. And if we agree, like, no, okay, that's not going to work for us anymore. That's kind of like an old adage. Then, all right, let's, let's move forward and let's kind of not – we can either sit in it and, again, be like, oh, poor us, or we can be like, all right, well, that was an interesting experience. But what, what can benefit us more and not polarize us one way or the other, Right. Yeah, really breaking. And I think that, I know it sounds cliche to say, but I think you need to be the change, right? You need to enact it. Be the first to, how I said earlier, I talk about all the esoteric stuff, but I don't talk about the application of how to be able to achieve this, right? Number one, yeah. all is, right? One of the hermetic principles, all is mind. Start with mindset. What are your, do you have any recommendations as far as, because I know you do a lot of natural, holistic things. I know you have the the oxygen that you do. And also, yeah, what about food? What about foods? Uh -huh. What about sounds? Mm -hmm. What about all these other things that we're able to implement in order to help us achieve this? You know? Yeah, yeah. I'll tell you. So very simply, number one is like turn off your TV. Okay. If it's like mainstream stuff, like turn it off. You know, it's really, it's sending you frequencies and signals to your third eye and to your psyche to specifically make you crazy, make you on edge, make you think different things. It's programming. They've been doing this to us forever. So, I mean, just be like weary on the TV. If you have to watch one show, then fine, go do it. But even a lot of people like to have TV in the background and I can't, I'm like, don't do that. Put on music. Music, if you can listen to the sounds of music, things that are upbeat, instrumental, go for that. You know, there's just some, I mean, I don't listen to them, but I guess it's out there. There's some music that again, is very harsh on the psyche, the words, the tones, you know, energy is everything and frequency is everything. And they know how to manipulate those frequencies to make you crazy, to make you angry, to make you doubt yourself, to make you put yourself into a hole, into this illusion where everything is hopeless. And it's just plain. It's just a mind trick in, in, in your mind. It's like walking into a fun house and you're like, oh my God, this is reality. It's not reality. Shut it off. Shut off the TV and put on music. So I would say replacing the music everywhere, you know, um, it's systematically done when people go to like doctor's offices, the airport, and then it's the same thing. Like on TV, it's a psychop, you know, don't pay attention to it. Don't watch it. It's bullshit. Anything that has like a big advertisement with it has an agenda for you. So, you know, second guess, be deciphering in what it is you're ingesting through your eyes, through your ears, through your mind, through your energy. So really decipher what it is that's, that's, that's happening there. So sound is important. What you ingest, food, absolutely. I mean, the more dead the food is, the more there's no energy to it. 
So have a balance between, you know, getting those live active energy foods. And you know what? That doesn't necessarily mean that you got to go and be a vegan and all this stuff. Are you? Are you no, I'm not. No? no, I'm not. No, people need meat. We need meat because if we take meat away so drastically, our own brain proteins don't even start to grow back. So we start to like eh, feel lethargic and stuff and that's not healthy. So a balance of everything, 100% as far as what we're ingesting, as far as food and, you know, like Cokes and stuff, sodas, I always say that's battery fluid for the AI. So really, you know, maybe alternative like tea and stuff like that. Where are you getting your water from? You know, how's your water? How clean is it? Bless your water. You know, just put your hand over it. Say a little prayer. Your own energy can clear out a lot of stuff. Um, in your home, you know, are you hoarding a lot of stuff? A lot of old stuff. Old energy carries a lot of old stuff that, you know, might hinder you from moving forward and doing all that stuff. Of course, CBD is always great. You can go to my website and order some Aura CBD. That's really great for your nervous system to kind of chill out and relax. Aromatherapy is great. So essential oils, get your favorite scent and just like smell it and relax and calm yourself down, everybody. Do you know? So it's what you smell. It's what you hear. It's what you taste, it's what you ingest, and you know what? It's what you speak and it's who you speak to. So people also act as portals. So if there's just this one person that's constantly bringing you negativity and like going into gossiping realm, you might wanna like, you know, really think about that portal you're opening up with that person who serves as an energy field and you know, what kind of fields are you creating with them essentially? You know, so our fields, they're always emitting Ooh, thank you so much. They're always emitting, you know, the frequency in which we want to abide and, you know, live in. That is the that is the the Creative Intel website. Thank you so much, Juan, for putting it up. And you know, I work a lot with businesses and entrepreneurs and schools and creative people. And you know, it's about team building or individual coaching. So my approach is, yeah, using aromatherapy, sound, sound bath, CBD, creative ways to really just get us, get us awake, get us aware of our environment, get us into how we're really opening those energy centers or not opening, you know, either one. That's our lovely friend, Christy. Yeah, shout out to her. <laughs> <laughs> Probably watching right now, Christy. Yeah. So I've, I've wanted to try this because I've seen it. You put it so many times. So this is, it has essential oils, which essential oils really work. And mm -hmm. my son had trouble breathing for a while, like congestion and just uh, sinuses problems. He was always clogged up and they, the doctor wanted us to put him on Zyrtec like every day. And we're like, yo, that's not good. So we tried this essential. I forgot which one it is from this local lady over here. And I'm telling you that works. Like we put it on him every night mm -hmm. and it just, it's the craziest thing. I use it. And, yeah. and I'm not like, I don't do a lot of the things that you're talking about as far as, cause I'll be honest. I like to indulge in the, the pleasures of life. Cause I'm here for a good time. Not a long time. <laughs> he said. Yeah. Everything so, in balance. Yeah. Totally. In moderation In moderation. Mm -hmm. So 
Yeah, it's really cool. I want to try it out. So are you going to open up a store here in Florida or what are your plans with that? Are you going to leave the one open in, in, you're in New Mexico, in right? I'm in El Paso, Texas on the border. Yeah. Um, so f- hopefully Florida. Yes. I hope to open a store and incorporate the aromatherapy CBD oxygen. For now, I am consulting on other businesses as to putting the system into their own for their staff or their employees or what I would love is to like have this in a boutique setting like in an airport or something so people can relax and chill and listen to binary beats so I'm open for you know contracts and consultation on how to use this and to have it function for your particular population of people you know of course if you're in El Paso Texas you can come portal jump over here but really for me it's about expanding this whole concept so that's where i'm at as i'm expanding this whole you want to know more or how to put it in your business or how it can work for your people then that's where the conversation's at right now and because i can't be all over the place i have i like to avatar myself now so i'm creating workbooks and manuals on the whole subject on how we can start to incorporate this for behavioral health for school for just businesses, because I mean, we got to take care of our people. You know, my dad was just telling me today, my brother, he's um, doing his residency in Phoenix, Arizona. He's, you know, an MD and he's, he's told me something that I had no idea about. And one of the largest suicide populations are actually doctors. Really? Yeah. And the whole like healthcare community is like they're having a hard time. And why are they having a hard time? They're seeing a lot of death. They're seeing a lot of illness. But, you know, naturally you're programmed in that realm to be very much in the mind, in the logic. So it does strip away a sense of your like spirit to tap into that. So those people more than anything are healthcare workers need a place to rejuvenate they need some sense of mindfulness they need like extra compassion and just like a space to like (sighs) gather them their own selves you know counselors teachers all kinds of people everyone is is working themselves ragged and they're not taking care of themselves and using like self-care and stuff and it's very important so this is why i consider myself the sole alchemist and teacher of the teachers Because I'm like, everyone has to take care of their own population in their own way. So let's create like a manual or a workbook or a conference and and let me teach you some some modalities so you can put into your own place in the way that it's going to benefit you and the people that you need to take care of. Do you know what I mean? I've learned that just because a doctor is perceived as a, a career that gives you money, right? You earn a lot of money. But I've learned that usually people with more money are usually more unhappy for some reason from what I've seen. Cause I know a lot of wealthy people and they're not usually, they always pick up the weirdest habits like popping pills or like a dr- whatever drug. And usually it's pills, right? They, mm-hmm. they get pills. And I've noticed that just cause they have money, they're not happy. Cause, and, and I think that's the, it's the whole thing with the American dream where you have to be asleep to believe it. And we've been painted this picture in order to, that's what you need. You need the American dream is having a nice car, a nice house, and this family. But from what I've seen, usually the people who don't have a lot that live more simple lives are happier. 
right? And they're not yeah. in this in this in this whole thing of having having to work forty hours plus. And people who boast about working a hundred hour weeks and all these things, like that's not something to be happy about. Like you're a cog in this system, and the system has its claws all around you, and you're embracing this. And I think that that's another mental thing that we have to break this whole having to go to the office and being there. It's like, we know a lot of these jobs don't require you to be there 10 hours a day or 12 hours a day, whatever it is. It's like, yeah, you can still get your job done, but it's this mentality, this herd mentality, this, this paradigm that hasn't been shifted yet. hasn't been moved. And I think that Ovid did that. It's kind of like woke some people up and I hate, woke i think that sounds stupid but it made people realize right a lot of people some are still like in their cars with masks on and the other day the other day i saw i was outside washing my wife's car and i the the amazon guy pulled up by himself it was a kid he had a fucking mask on and I oh wanted gosh. to, I wanted, cause it's not my job to wake people up, right? I respect you. Whatever you want to do, I respect you. As long as you don't, you leave me alone, whatever happens between two consenting adults, so be it. But I wanted to like be, I wanted to kind of be like, Hey bro, are you okay? <laughs> like, are you all right? Are you, cause you're wearing a mat, you know, you're by, we're both outside together. Cause he's like yeah. next door. I'm like, you know, we're both here together, right? It's okay. He was by himself with a fucking mask. I'm like, what are you doing, dude? You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Like it's yeah. Some people are trapped in that. They're they're already in that reality until they haven't been able to break out. And like there's no, yeah. there's also not people to tell them like, yo, come toward do you hear my voice? Come towards my voice and, right. and pull yourself out. Walk towards me. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, it's true. And that is one of the biggest psychops that has been done within the last couple of years. But again, that's everybody's own individual free will choice as far as how they they, they want to live the reality you know, and, and to decipher and all this is, this is why these things are important. And this is why 100% I'm like, listen, everyone, we all need aromatherapy after having to wear masks for so long. So come on, get to it, get with it. Let's open up, you know, that sense memory. Let's get in, you know, in the holistic realm of everything. Let's take care of our people. Let's really like, let's, let's reach new frontiers in our existence. You know, let's reach new frontiers. And a lot of that stuff is like, even, you know, schools really trip me out in the way that they're like the classrooms. They're so boring. Like it, some of them haven't been updated. If they have, it's just like there's no art on the walls. I'm like, how can people learn in this environment, much less teach? Do you know? So for me, it's like, yes, I'm coming across like I'm an executive coach. I'm a writer. I am, you know, a, a voiceover podcast all this stuff but my main work my core of it is to infiltrate all means of society schools hospitals businesses to be able to create an atmosphere that is holistically healthy from the minute you walk into it to the minute you walk out of it and that includes aromas the sounds the sights everything that you're taking in is energy and it matters what that looks like. And, you know, especially if you're spending, you know, many hours in a certain room or building, it matters what goes on and it matters how you take care of yourself or how you don't take care of yourself. So, you know, 
holistic for me is about everything. It's about the job. It's about the person. It's about the family unit, the relationship, the human being. You know, it's not just this like, oh, we're going to be mindful and meditate and take out your yoga mats. Like we're past that. We're past that. You know, we're, we, we need more. Okay. Let's go to more and, and, you know, and let's do it. So hopefully that will be, you know, upon us in the new, in the new frontier that, you know, there, there's some things up my sleeve that I think some businesses are going to like that are going to make them a little different than the next one when it comes to these concepts. So mm-hmm. I hope that that starts to unfold soon. And I think with the way society is now, I think businesses need to be a little bit more open minded with what they do, too. Right. And me be Absolutely. more not so exclusive because we know what happens when that happens. Are you allowed to ship this stuff to Florida? The CBD? Oh, yeah, of course. All right, cool. Yeah, CBD is um, legal in all 50 states and Puerto Rico. All right. Well, I just ordered one, so. Thanks. There you go. I'll try that out because I don't don't like to, when I smoke, I don't have dreams, and I like to dream. So it's this weird thing where I, I, I have to, like, detox for a little bit, and then I've been doing some, like, dream recollection things to right explore the dream realm and when i smoke i don't get that but also sometimes i have i have anxiety so like my fingers right now are destroyed because i haven't smoked it helps with my anxiety Mm -hmm. so i'm going to try this out to see if that helps to help me go to sleep too because it's yeah it's an issue i've always had definitely um i would also say like remember your anxiety is worrying about the future so depression is worrying about the past. Anxiety is worrying about the future, right? So just, you know, focus on your breath and remember that that's honestly all that matters because the minute we stop breathing is the minute we're dead. So as long as we still have breath running through us in the present moment, then that's all that there is, is the truth of the present moment. And everything else is going to work itself out. Fear is just an illusion, Okay, so whatever you're fearing is going to dissolve and you have the ability to dissolve it and to create the new picture and higher source always provides for you what it is you need in that moment when you need it. So you are never without anything that you absolutely need. Yeah, what what I what I mentioned to you earlier that I'm that I prepare for the worst. So absolutely, I'm thinking about the future and it's like, oh, and that brings forward whatever anxiety I feel. So absolutely. I need to stop being a worry wart. But I think as a business owner, that's something that you're going to have regardless, because you can't really rely on anybody but yourself for not only for your actions, but for everything that happened, the people depending on you, too. Right. Is the, the, the biggest thing. So that's where that comes from. And I've been doing this for for a long time as far as. Uh, running a business and it's, that's just the way it's been man i just and i know it sucks and that uh, get back to that ideology of all oh, that's just the way it's always been so it's okay but easier said than done right easier said than uh don't worry hey don't worry about it oh shit where have you been my entire life <laughs> to yeah. tell me not to worry about you it you know what all, all you can so instead of what if we replace worrying with just putting an action moment to moment so instead of worrying because worrying don't do dick for us Mm -hmm. let's put an action forward let's make it physicalized 
So if, so if you're worried about something, then it's like, what can I physicalize in this moment? So that's why I very much invite mm. you and anyone listening to really start to tap into their CQ, your creative quotient and your consciousness quotient, because that's what's going to get you to the next realm past the worries. Because mostly mm. we worry about stuff like, how are we going to do this? How's this going to happen? You know what I mean? You know what? Your creative being will show it to you. It will open up that insight for you. It will give you the knowledge. It will give you the technique. It will give you the opportunity. So that's where you just expand it. Like, boom, I'm here. I'm ready. I'm open for it. And that's when the miracle starts to happen. So just always expect miracles. Absolutely. And did you, did you have any concluding thoughts to leave the people with? I know you've said a lot of great things and I've learned a lot, right? In order to the number one thing I'm going to keep saying is be the change, right? That you want to see. And I know that's yeah. cliche, but you got to start somewhere. And I think you can start with yourself and how you said rub off on other people with your aura of, and I think that's people enjoy. This is my, is this my creative intelligence, Mandy? Is this, is because yeah. this is my thing. I, I, I talk, I use my voice and I get people reaching out all the time that they love the show. They enjoy it which is great. So as long as somebody enjoys it and has learned something from it, my job here is done. Right. I mean, I'm putting, I'm putting out my good comp. I found a wallet the other day at target and I returned that shit and I felt good. So good. Yes. Cause I could have been a piece of shit and it was pretty heavy. So <laughs> yeah, I, Jesus, Jesus once said what you measure in this life will be measured in your next life. And he was talking about karma. So you return that wallet, you trust in Jesus, it's going to come to you tenfold in this life pretty soon. Do you know? So our actions always have a reaction. So just do the, put out the best actions you can know that you are in your own movie, your own simulation, and everything is just here to either show you a mirror effect, to help you grow, to teach you dichotomy, polarity, paradox. And to show you the, to help you witness the miracles that you are unfolding in the consciousness that you're, you're holding. This is your world one. We're just living in it. Yeah. I've always said I'm the demiurge of this podcast in these episodes. So <laughs> absolutely. Did you want to plug anything else before we left the people? This was great, Mandy. We got to do it more often. Thank you. Um, yeah, if you want to come visit me at creativeintelportal.com, if you want to book some services or, you know, get on my newsletter, come visit me on my IG, solaris.aura, or the IG of the uh, CQ.portal. I also have a podcast, the CQ Portal podcast. So, yeah, we're just diving always into the creative quotient, the consciousness quotient, more stuff coming on that. Everything's going to be more on the internet for me now. So to reach more audiences. So if you're hearing this in a completely different destination that is Texas or Florida, don't worry, we're still coming at you. If you want to get some CBD, go ahead and check out my aura store at creativeintel.com. And thank you, Juan. You'll have to let me know how it is when I ship it to you. Absolutely. Yeah. And we, we reach people. We were number five in Uganda. Shout out to all the people in Uganda listening nice. to the show. Hello, Uganda. What's <laughs> up? Number five. And I think we're still on the top 10. So that's cool. Yeah. Shout out to those people and everyone listening. Mandy, you were great. You're always great when you come on. I encourage people to check out your, your stuff, order some CBD. I did. And also check out the other episodes I've done with Mandy. We've gotten into some interesting topics and 
usually I don't talk a lot about spirituality and these sort of things, but I want to step out of, out of my comfort zone and start entertaining other ideas and thoughts, right? And bring the stuff to the people because it's what everybody needs. So 